You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing a love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we get into tonight's episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing right now. Go give us a follow on Twitter. It's at Panthers on Tap. Join our discussion on our Facebook group, Panthers on Tap. We have over 2,500 members. You can also listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. Folks, it's good to be back. We took a couple of weeks off to kind of digest this last season, give us ourselves a little break. Bryson, it's good to see you again. It's been about a month since we've we've been together on the show. How you doing? Yeah, man, I'm I'm uh, I'm good. I'm glad to be back. Uh, it's it's been too long, and a lot of stuff has happened since last time I've been on. So I'm excited to get into it and, and talk Panthers football, man. <clears throat> yeah, let's start with that. <clears throat> there has been a lot that has transpired. A lot of new hires for this team. The coaching sh- staff shakeup. Um, is starting to come into place. And then there's are also some new pieces that are gone again. So let's just begin there. <clears throat> and we can start, we can start with the most um, with the hires over the last month that we'll get into some of the new ones that happened today. Um, but the biggest one offensive coordinator, there was a lot of speculation. We actually had a chance to give what, kind of what our take was or who we were looking for as an OC in our, last episode in middle of January and the Panthers went with some experience at, at the, at that spot. And they took Ben McAdoo <clears throat> as their offense coordinator. They also hired Chris Tabor as their special teams coach. And then James camp as offensive line. Let's just start there with those three. We'll get into the others here in a little bit, but what were your thoughts on the hires? I know you wanted, I know you wanted Pep Hamilton and, he clearly said no. Yeah, uh, that was pretty embarrassing for Matt Rule and company to uh, get turned down by a guy who's the quarterback's coach in Houston, of all places. Um, but, yeah, uh, the Ben McAdoo hiring was a letdown for me. I was expecting, you know, a rock star offensive coordinator as <laughs> what was reported, but uh, Ben McAdoo really um, isn't that. But, uh, you know, he, he's had a history of, of coaching good offenses in the past um, as a coordinator with the Giants. Um, as a head coach, he was not good. The players did not like him. There were reports that, you know, he was coaching too hard. The players weren't, just didn't respect him, and he lost the locker room. Uh, so, you know, there's mixed reviews on Ben McAdoo. I, I'm, I'm going to hold out my, uh, my, my total, you know, uh, my, my total – package i guess of uh liking him or not um until i actually see him you know coach a couple games but uh i hope it works out obviously um but we'll see and then the two other ones i thought were pretty good hires actually uh chris Tabor um was the the bears uh special teams coordinator if i if i'm not wrong and they've been top 10 special teams the past like two or three seasons he was there so uh getting chris Tabor was was a big hire for the staff and i think that the special teams will improve a lot this year, not just Alex Erickson being back there to call a fair catch and catch it, um, but, you know, a, maybe a threat back there to return it. So so that's uh, exciting. And maybe he can coach uh, the running backs to pick up blocks and not get blocked punts. Um, then the offensive line, James Camping, you know, he's, he's the one that has all the history with Green Bay. And um, he was with the Texans, I believe, last. But uh, he's 
players love him. Every every single player that's been coached by him is like, man, I love that man. Like he's a Aaron Rodgers loves him. Um, all the former Packers offensive linemen love him. Uh, so it's exciting to see that they got a coach that players really really do like. I think that's a that's a big part is building your relationship with the players and and being able to connect with with men and say, hey, like it's not just player coach relationship. Like I'm I'm here. I want to I like I want to know about your family. I want to know how they're doing. And I think that really helps connect to players and and makes them play better, honestly. So um I think overall it, it's a pretty decent staff. Um and I'm just excited to see what Ben McAdoo can do. Um, I don't think anybody can do a whole lot with Sam Darn at quarterback. So uh, we'll get into that later. But, but yeah, we'll see. What do you think of him? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it is kind of a we'll see approach. I am the biggest knock with Matt Rule's staff in the past was NFL experience. And I, I feel like he checked the box there. Um, it remains to be seen how these guys are going to do, like you said. Uh, just starting with James Campen, long time history with Green Bay and Green Bay through those years had some pretty good offensive lines. Um, so that's something to watch. I know there was reports that he's good with development, developing guys later in the draft at, at, at those, you know, those starting spots. So that's something to watch out for. And anytime a quarterback is praising an offensive line coach, I mean, that's, I, I feel like that's big praise when, Aaron Rodgers, they did that whole NFL films special on him, James Camp. And so I'm 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 excited about that one. I think the Chris Tabor is an, another one. Um Panthers special teams feel like they've struggled. I mean, even going back to Ron Rivera. I mean, it's just they just not have have not gotten a good footing, no pun intended, but just they haven't gotten a footing in that that side of the ball really at all. And I mean, it's sad to admit, but I was this way last year. I was, I know a lot of people bitched and complained about the returner not getting any yards. I was just grateful he didn't drop the ball, which it shouldn't, that shouldn't be an expectation. It should be, you want, like, you want guys to get the ball and put your team, the offense in a good field position. And last year, I already forgot his name. He's from Wisconsin, the returner they had. Yeah, Erickson. Yeah, Erickson. And... I mean, he'd catch the ball and he wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> just, I don't know what the well, hell was there going wouldn't on. Be, there wouldn't be anybody within 20 feet of him and he called yeah, a fair catch. Yeah, <laughs> so I hope Tabor can bring something. I Greg Olson had, did an interview on the radio, and he said he's a really, really good coach. I, I know he, I think, spent some time with him in Chicago. So I'm excited for that. Ben McAdoo, it's, it's up in the air. It's You hope he can turn this thing around. I don't know if he can do it with Sam Darnold back there. I really don't. Um, but he had a pretty good stint at OC in, in, uh, with the giants from 2014 to 15. So if he can get to that point, I think the Panthers offense could be in a good spot, but I mean, I think it's all going to be dependent on what they do in the free agency and the draft on the offensive side of the ball. I think that's going to dictate a lot and, you know, well, Ben Mack, thing, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, well, one thing he, uh, which you might be getting ready to mention is uh, one yeah. thing that he's been really good at is his, is his quarterback uh, evaluations. And um, if he can get a good, if he can convince Matt Rule to get a good quarterback somehow, then I'll be forever grateful to Ben McAdoo. So um, I think getting that, getting him in the room, someone that's a proven, a, a, a good evaluator of quarterback who didn't like Sam Darnold coming out of the draft and was very uh, vocal about that. Um, I think, I think that's really valuable for this locker room. 
Yeah, and you'd hope you would think you would you would think that a guy that Matt Rule is going to hire is going to he's going to have at least some uh, input into what's going to go into this offense. So, because I feel like to I feel like Joe Brady was a big part of Teddy Bridgewater coming in, was he not? Like, yeah, they were familiar with each other. I'm sure Brady had some sort. I had some input into that discussion. I don't know how much say it had, but. So I'm, I'm hoping to, I'm hopeful. I mean, he was, he was big on according to reports. McAdoo wanted to trade up for Mahomes with the mm-hmm. giants and the front office didn't. So. And, and he liked Josh Allen a lot too. Yeah. So. And Lamar Jackson. So yeah, hopefully maybe he's got some say, cause we already know Matt rules struck out twice now at quarterback. That is not yeah. um, his forte up to this point. So that is a, the, that, hopefully is promising hopefully they can hit hit somewhere at quarterback whether that's free agency or the draft um well let's talk about today because there was there was a couple of interesting moves uh, late this evening um the the panthers finally hired a new defensive line coach paul pasqualoni i might be saying that wrong yeah I've, good luck with that i've never heard of this guy before even though he's been in the league for so damn long. Um, he's got 40 years old, 40 years of coaching experience, was a head coach at Syracuse, and he was in the NFL for 10 seasons, and he was all over the place. Tight end, linebacker, defensive line coach, and he's coached for like a quarter of the league, <laughs> it seems like. And like you said, he's 72. I don't know much about him, to be yeah. honest with you. Um just looking at what they have on the panthers.com website but yeah i mean that group improved as a pass rushing group last year but i feel like they struggled against the run so hopefully i think the goal from him is to beef up this run defense yeah the the old-fashioned way of playing football stopping the run and um i mean that might be the goal with him like you said and uh i don't know like what a record of being passed around in the league of one year here, one year there, one year here, there um, on different teams really says about yourself. Uh, if, you know, if you can't stick somewhere, but uh, you know, he, he does have the experience, I guess that Matt rule is looking for. Um, and we'll see, uh, you know, they, they have the talent on the defensive line. Uh, they just really underperformed, I think, especially to end the season. I mean, Hassan Reddick started off so hot and then, really didn't get any sacks in the season and finished like halfway through the season. He was done pretty much. So, um, and Brian Burns obviously has struggled setting the edge with the run and getting home um, as much as he showed on sacks. So hopefully um, he, he can work with the defensive tackles, you know, fill the run gaps and and work with setting the edge and, and getting home on sacks. So we'll see. Yeah. And then the, the most interesting moves I think today were, Frisman Jackson, he was the current wide receivers coach for the Panthers. He went and he's going to be now the wide receivers coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the same same positional coach, just moving to a different team. And then as well as the Panthers defensive passing game coordinator and defensive backs coach, Jason Simmons, will now coach the secondary in Las Vegas. So very similar position or very similar um coaching positions for both of those guys just on different teams i i don't know what to make of this it's it's very weird 
that's there's no doubt about that. Um, what, what yeah. what's your take on this? Well, I mean, so these are guys that have been with or been with Matt Rule for a while. Um, I think uh, I think Simmons has been with Rule for six or seven years, and um, uh, uh, the wide receiver coach ha- has been with him for a while too. I mean, these are guys that have followed Matt Rule, you know, around a lot from Baylor to the NFL. And I think leaving him to do lateral moves, which both of them were lateral moves with other teams, um, it, it kind of just speaks volumes to me, honestly. Um, if you're willing to to leave the guy that you came to the NFL with, which uh, Simmons is one of the best secondary coaches in the league. I mean, we got to see him up close and personal at, at training camp. And, um, you know, he, he's he's really good. He's a great coach. And, and everybody around the league respected him. Respected him. So – uh, it really hurts to lose him. Yeah, I was um, sad to see him go. He's young too, so yeah. young. Yep. Which and sucks. then uh, well, the wide receivers coach was was well respected as well. Like he he was a pretty good wide receivers coach. So um, I don't know that it just it just seems like something's going on to me. I mean, if, if they're making lateral moves to transfer out uh, from the coach that they've been with for so long, I don't. I, I just really don't see that as a good thing. Yeah, Matt, what's weird, too, is Matt Rule has to approve these interviews. Mm-hmm. That's the rules in the NFL. So, like, Matt Rule okayed this for them to go and um, interview for these spots. And Jonathan Alexander reported this evening that both of those guys were familiar with both of the staffs in Pittsburgh and then in Las Vegas. So it might be something there. I was more shocked about the defensive one because I feel like – I feel like Ben McAdoo probably wants majority of his own staff on offense. So for the wide receivers coach to leave, I feel like he's going to want his own guys in there anyway. So that maybe, but I mean, it, that, that doesn't discount that it still sucks because he last year, what three thousand Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore and McCaffrey all had, or not McCaffrey, uh, Robbie Anderson all had a thousand yards. So that like, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, I know that Robbie kind of fell off this year a little bit, so maybe that played into that played into it a little bit, but I don't know. Again, I don't, it's hard to say there's so many factors with Sam Darnold, that quarterback and all this other stuff. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely weird, especially if they're going to literally do the same thing for a different team. Yeah. Um, definitely makes it interesting. I'm sure people are going to, it's going to be blown out of proportion more than I think it needs to be. But again, we'll see. It's, it's tough to say. Um, they, they did what Cam Newton said uh, in his last presser. I ain't going to be here for a five and 12 season again. That's for sure. Yeah. And that's, and that's another, that's a question to bring up is <clears throat> I, I don't remember who put this out on Twitter, but I, I like to give him credit for it is the, uh, what what are these young coaching can or yeah coaching coaches want to do when you got a coach on the hot seat? I mean, it's no secret Matt Rule is on the hot seat for this upcoming season. To stay with a coach whose future is uncertain, or go to a team where you can kind of move up the ladder and there's some what's the word for it? There is some not consistency, but 
knowing that your stability, that's what I'm trying to say, where you're, there's going to be stability for you to move up the chain right now. It's tough. It's tough to bring in coaches because there's so, there's so much uncertainty and we still are waiting on David Tepper to say something. So like, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, it puts everyone in a weird spot. It really does. It's, and uh, that's a whole nother conversation of how that's been handled. Cause I feel like that's a whole cluster fucking itself right there yeah. is not, if you're going to bet, if you're going to let Matt rule stay for another year, at least come out with a, a statement, um, say something. It doesn't so need, no, even you, if you, you don't you, talk, at least yeah. say something. And I know that'll piss off people too. And that's annoying for me too. Cause the guy, he was always, I mean, he was always wanting to be in front of the camera a couple of years ago. And now you don't hear a damn thing from him. And I know he's, yeah. he's got a lot going on with Charlotte FC and stuff coming up here with the soccer season, but man, and maybe that's when he'll say something when he's got to go in front of the camera for that. Cause at some point he's going to have to speak that speak for that. You mm-hmm. would think, but I don't know. Anyway, it's just, it's really weird, weird situation. But let's enough about that. We've been bitching enough about this offseason. Let's go to the senior bowl, something that we can actually look forward to. Because one of these guys hopefully will be on the Panthers come come end of April. But senior bowl, just kind of open conversation here. I know, I know where this is gonna be headed right away with quarterback, but what what were your thoughts on the senior bowl? It was definitely some guys moving up and down the chain. Um at all positions. Yeah, the, uh, the uh, offensive tackle, uh, was it Trevor Pinning? Um, yeah. He, he had a really good senior bowl. He, he, I mean, he just freak, so, man. Yeah, he just solidified <laughs> his first round. Um, dra- I mean, him being a first-round draft pick. Um, and then, obviously, the quarterbacks, uh, everybody's watching Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis. Um, Sam Howell had a pretty good senior bowl game. Uh, Desmond Ritter did as well, but uh, – I, I was excited just to watch Malik Willis. I know he only passed for 11 yards, but he had some really good throws. And then the run that he broke off at the end of his uh, drive to um, almost score. Um, I mean, he he's so elusive. Uh, I, when I was listening to the senior bowl, the uh, commentators said that the only quarterback last season to run faster than Malik Willis in the NFL was Kyler Murray. So um, that's, that's saying a lot. I mean, Malik Willis is a, is a pretty big guy compared to Kyler. And, and moving that fast, being that elusive, which uh, I saw reports some NFL scouts think that Malik Willis is the most elusive player in the draft out of any wide receiver, running back, quarterback, anything. Um, so uh, it, it was really good to get to see him, you know, maneuver in the pocket, step up, make some throws. Uh, his, his arm strength is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then you know, Kenny Pickett played well, as, as I mean, as well. Uh, he, he had a touchdown and um, there was one throw where it would have been a wide open touchdown, but he kind of threw the receiver short and the receiver had to dive for it. Uh, you, you like to see him make that throw, but, um, mm. I thought both of them really, they definitely didn't hurt their stock. Malik Willis definitely, I think gained the most from senior bowl week. Um, I agree. Shooting all the way up, man. He's, uh, you know, people are really talking about him being the first quarterback off the board. So, um, I, I'm excited. Uh, I mean, there's some of the stats from college was, he, he played 35 games. He threw for 5,176 touch or 5,176 yards, 48 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. But he ran for 2,131 yards and 29 touchdowns. 
and he had a passer rating of 152.9. So um, Malik Willis was was spinning that thing in college, and mm-hmm. um, he's definitely you know he's he's got a lot of upside, the most upside in this class. Um, but his floor is also pretty low too. I mean, if he's not developed correctly or put in the wrong situation, which Carolina might be the wrong situation for him, unfortunately, but uh, then, then he could, you know, w- wind up being a backup. But um, I, I was just excited to get to see those quarterbacks play. And it was, uh, it was exciting to potentially watch the next Carolina Panthers quarterback. So. Yeah. I, I have a lot of similarities to you. I feel like Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett, are the top two guys. I don't think there's mm-hmm. no doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, you could flip flop, whatever you prefer um, in your quarterback traits, but I don't think Kenny Pickett or Willis hurt themselves. Willis obviously shot up the boards. I mean, the showing he had, I think it was on that Wednesday where it was rainy, windy, shitty conditions was the best out of any quarterback there that day. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt he can run the ball. Most athletic quarterback, maybe player in the draft. Yeah. Um, he's got good zip on the ball. He's got the tools of today's NFL quarterback. He fits the mold of the Lamar Jackson, the Kyler Murray's, the Patrick Mahomes off kilter running. I mean, that play we shared on our Twitter account a couple of weeks ago that I cut of him spinning around and making that throw like 40 yards downfield. I think it was versus Virginia tech. Maybe it was, might've been even last year, not this past season, the year before that, I think it was even, I mean, the guy, he makes the unscripted throws that you can't coach. It's Mm -hmm. just the guys, the guys make it up themselves. And it's, that's really impressive. Kenny Pickett, I think, I know a lot of people, he fits that. He's getting put into the Andy Dalton, Derek Carr type mold. I don't get the Andy Dalton comparison. I don't see him as a similar quarterback to Andy Dalton. I still can't pinpoint a guy who he reminds me of yet, but I just don't see the Andy Dalton comparison. Maybe I'm wrong on that, and no, time will tell. But yeah, Pickett is more, like much more mobile than because Pickett can run as well. He had some he had some rushing yards in college, um, mm-hmm. and then we all saw that fake slide run he had for like sixty yard touchdown run. He can move. He's fast. Uh, so, I, yeah, it, it's hard to fit him into a, a a comparable quarterback in today's league. Like he doesn't have the elite arm strength of Josh Allen. Yeah. Or like Justin Herbert. And he, he doesn't have the like, body of Josh Josh Allen either. Yeah. <laughs> but he can move like them. Um, and then he's he's you know he's got this the big knock on him is his hands mm-hmm. and not getting him measured at the Senior Bowl was interesting, um, but. Uh, he wears the two gloves uh, on Panthers. Fan yeah, the two gloves, man. <laughs> yeah. Scares the hell out of me. That gives me nightmares. Um, yeah, so. But again, I like right now, I think both guys, they're, it'll be interesting to see how they shake out at the combine in their pro days. Yeah. I'm curious to see the, the hand size of Kenny Pickett. I know that's the big talk. Um, Joe Burrow had small hands. Probably not as small as Pickett, but that's yeah, out there. Pickett's I thought Trevor Penning ever. going going to going to the lineman that Trevor Penning, man, he, six seven three twenty nine. <laughs> Give me that guy on an offensive line. He's 
I this is who he reminds me. His attitude reminds me of Ryan Jensen of the Buccaneers. Like yeah. he fucking he just keeps going after the play. Like he is insane. Like yeah, his mentality. What he was doing at the at, at the Senior Bowl was ridiculous. Like just throwing Murdering. linebackers and DNs on the ground even after they were out of this play, and it's just yeah. that's the shit you like to see. But absolutely. There's a lot of good linemen. It's uh, we'll, we'll get into all this talk later on. That's why I don't want to get too much into it because we got another month and a half to dissect all this shit. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see some of these offensive linemen and how they how they do at the combine and their measurables too. Because a c- couple of those top guys weren't even at the Senior Bowl, so will be interesting to see um, some of these other linemen. I believe all of the top three weren't even there, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Neil Cross and the guy from NC State. I don't think yeah. they were at there. So, and though, I mean, one of those could very well be there at six. What Anything else you want to talk about at the Senior Bowl? Any guys besides the QBs and the linemen? I know that's the big. That, uh, that Baylor running back, Smith. Um... Yeah, he did look good. He had a really good game, and I, mm-hmm. I wonder. I'm not. I'm not certain if Matt Rule recruited him or not, but uh, he definitely had a good game, and I would keep my eye on him if I'm a Panthers fan. Yeah, there were some DNs. I mean, you had obviously the guy who won whatever the MVP award. He looked pretty good. He had a good outing. I think he had like a couple sacks, a uh, couple tackles for loss. He had a really good outing. Um, and there, I know there's another couple of guys, but I think the biggest thing, QB, O-line, a linebacker, safety, another running back, those are probably yeah. the top, another tight end. What do you think of Likely? I know Likely's been a – I just don't see Carolina drafting another tight end right now. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, I think I think they'll re-sign Thomas and roll with Trimble and Thomas. And then maybe that's like- what I think. Like an undrafted free agent or or a, or a small free agent. But I know Likely's been rising up. I know uh, Daniel yeah, Jeremiah yeah. was high on him. Yeah, he's one of the top tight ends in the draft. Um, then that other guy that they that was in the Senior Bowl. Um, cannot remember his name, but uh, he he caught a touchdown actually, and he didn't catch, catch a touchdown all season. Ferguson? The, no. No, uh, cannot remember his last name. But I like Ferguson. Um, I'm I'm biased on that because he's a Badger, but. He's fits the like blocking, catching mold. Like he can block too, which is nice. Yeah. I know people like the premier catchers and all that other shit, but it's good to see a guy who can block and catch. But I don't know. I just I don't see Carolina going that route in the draft. I could be wrong. Who the hell knows? Joe Person had an article out about this the other day, kind of comparing Carolina to Cincinnati. And I just wanted to get your take on it. Can the Panthers, maybe this is not the right way to phrase it, but can the Panthers make the jump the Bengals did in year three? Super Bowl obviously is like unrealistic that any team doing that is what they did this year is special. What the Bengals did is you can't discount at all. But can the Panthers make that turnaround, I guess would be probably the better way to phrase that going from, I think the Bengals had four wins last year. They had 10 this year. Can the Panthers change, change the tide? I know it's early. There's so much uncertainty right now, but 
do you think that this team can make a turn um, towards a winning season, I guess? I think they could have if they would have gotten a new head coach. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I have very little hope um, for a winning record next season under Matt Rule. I'm just, I'm just consistent on that. Um, I think that Matt Rule is not a good head coach um, and not – going to be the one that takes the Panthers to where they want to go as a franchise. So um, <clears throat> I think he's got a lot of deficiencies as a head coach and maybe the staff helps him get better, uh, but we'll see. Um, I think that the defense has some holes that they need to fill. The offense, obviously we know the offense um, struggled, whole new offensive line pretty much besides Taylor Moten and quarterback and Christian McCaffrey has to stay healthy and, um tight ends like you mentioned uh they have to step up and play better and uh there's just so many holes I mean the Bengals the difference between the Bengals and the Panthers is the Bengals have Joe Burrow and the Panthers have Sam Darnold so when you have a quarterback like Joe Burrow an elite quarterback he's playing behind a bad offensive line that's the second worst in the league behind the Panthers probably and uh he's you know he's masking it because he he's he can escape from the pocket and break tackles and make throws on the run and, and do all these things that he's doing to, to take the Bengals to the Super Bowl. And the Panthers just don't have anything like that right now. And I don't know if any rookie is going to do that. I don't know if any free agent that they could possibly get is going to do that. So I have a really hard time seeing the Panthers with a winning, winning record next season. Um, they might go like eight and nine or something like that um, and be close, but I think that's probably like the best that thing that I could see under a Matt Rule uh, third year tenure, and then I think if they do end up going eight or nine, then we're unfortunately going to get like a not, uh, a fourth year of Matt Rule, and I I couldn't do a, a fourth year that that would just, that just makes me sick thinking about it. But um, <clears throat> I think year three, obviously, like you mentioned before, he's on the hot seat. Uh, he has a very short leash. If they start off slow, I could see him getting fired mid season, um, but. We'll see, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, no, they're they're not going to do a Bengals-type turnaround. Uh, they're, I don't think they're going to make playoffs next year under Matt Rule. Yeah, and to be fair, I it, I feel like it's way too early, and maybe we'll revisit this after the draft and when they've made free agents, you know, sign free agents, who they drafted, and that will give us a better idea of where this team is headed. I'm hopeful they can turn it around. I'm not going to reiterate where my stance is, whether everyone knows where I'm at with the whole Matt rule situation, but um, I'm hopeful they can make a jump this year. I really am. And we'll just kind of leave it at that. No, I, I just <laughs> want to mention, uh, don't get me wrong. I hope that Matt rule comes out year three and we go undefeated and he's just coach of the year, freaking best coach in NFL history. But I just, I like, I, obviously I would love to be wrong, but I just don't see it with, you know, the things that I've seen throughout his tenure so far. And um, that's just how I feel. So um, I, I hope, you know, I hope it goes your way and, you know, you, you're supporting Matt role for a third year and I hope that you're right, but I just don't see it happening. So, yeah, just, yeah I don't have anything else. Um, you just ask your last question. Do you think this is the year that, Carolina takes a crack at a rookie quarterback, or do you think they're going to continue on this free agent, throw a dart at the wall and hope they can turn around someone again, like they did Darnold and bring someone in at least to compete with him? Yeah, I'm 
so I, you know, the Scott Federer comments in his presser where it's like, if you have a top 10 pick and you got a quarterback you like, then you have to take a chance on him. Um, kind of makes me question it a little bit, but I just, for some reason, I have this weird feeling that the Carolina Panthers are going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I can't shake it. I just, I, I feel, I like feel it in my bones. That's going to happen. And that would be a mistake. Obviously Jimmy Garoppolo is not a good quarterback. We saw him in the playoffs. I hope your the, feeling is wrong. <laughs> the, the 49ers won in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo, not because of Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, if the 49ers had a, a halfway decent quarterback, they'd be in the Super Bowl right now. But I just, I feel like the Panthers are going to go the route. If not Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to try to trade for, for some quarterback, uh, whoever that may be. I still think that they're very interested in Deshaun Watson. If he continues to settle these cases, you know, whether that be, um, you know, settlement outside of court or whatever it is, uh, I think that they're still in on Deshaun Watson. I think that they would definitely be willing to um, bargain for Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, any other of these, like, smaller quarterbacks, maybe, like, I could see them being in on Mitchell Trubisky or Mar- uh, Mariota or anybody like that. And, and Russell Wilson saying he wants to uh, see where he can go. I mean, if they could get Russell Wilson, then by God, do it. But uh, I, I feel like – I just feel like that they're going to trade that sixth pick for a quarterback um, before the draft starts. I don't – I have no – insider knowledge or anything it's just it's just a feeling of mine and and the worst of the worst feeling is that i feel like it's going to be for jimmy garoppolo yeah i'm torn i i can't see the garoppolo thing and this is the only reason why i don't think they have the capital to do it unless they push it back to next year and i'm sorry i don't think garoppolo is worth the six six pick this year I don't and people might disagree with me on that but he is he's not Garoppolo might be a little bit of a step up from Darnold but I don't think it's much I'm not a I do not like him as a quarterback I don't think he improves his team drastically yep and I think it's more of a lateral move than anything so I, I I I'm hopeful I'm being more hopeful than most but I'm hopeful I think Honestly, this is the year, unless some crazy shit happens and they get to Sean Watson, I think this is the year they go after a rookie quarterback. I really do. I think they're going to, I think it's going to be Sam and a rookie. Sam's going to probably start the year off and then they'll bring in the rookie whenever they're ready. And I think that's the plan with them. So and Curtis, it, I don't know who it's going to be, but that's who I, I th- I'm, I think that's what they're going to do this year. I think they're finally going to freaking go after a rookie quarterback when they should have done it last year, and yeah. they didn't. So so it's February 8th, 2022. We got a couple months before the draft. If if you're sitting there at six. No, I'm not Carolina doing Panthers, this right now. <laughs> and you're the Carolina Panthers, and you have your pick between Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. As of right now, February 8th, who are you taking? I think right now you got to take a swing at at Malik Willis. I do like them both though. If they do go with Kenny Pickett, I'm not going to be upset. Yeah, I'm, I agree. And I know there are some people that do not like Kenny Pickett at all. Um, but I think, I, I think, think going off with. of the traits and everything else, I think you take the swing on Malik Willis. Um, because he has the tangibles. He has the things you can't, he has things that are, 
that Malik or he has Willis has things that Pickett doesn't have that you cannot coach. Yep. You can't coach his speed. You can't you can't coach the I mean you can yes, the elusiveness and he clearly has a stronger arm. Mm-hmm. Um you can't coach you can't coach the hand size. Yeah. Things like that. And that and that that shit I don't buy it. Like that if you can play quarterback, you can play quarterback. And this is I, I'm very consistent with that. I'm the same way with the offensive tackle with the arm length. You can make up for it in other ways. And I feel like he can do that too. But I think right now, yeah, I would I would be comfortable with the Malik Willis, but we'll see. And I I honestly would be more comfortable if they would they could trade back and get Malik Willis a little bit later, but I don't know how it's going to shake out. I feel like right now it's so early that another team is going to fall in love with these quarterbacks. It happens every freaking year, every year, the guys that aren't, aren't in the first round rise up and whether it's through the senior bowl, the combine or their pro day, it happens. Um, I really want them though, to address the offensive line. And if they don't address offensive line and free agency, they need to address it in the draft. And if that is taking an offensive lineman, the first pick, they need to do it. Because this offensive line, I don't care if it's Malik Willis, Sam Darnold, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, they ain't playing a lot <laughs> behind this shitty offensive line. It's terrible, and it needs to be fixed. So, so how, how would you feel about them taking an offensive lineman at, at six and just rolling in the next season with Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker? I think they're going to get a free agency quarterback then if they go that route. If they don't know, and they're they're just rolling. I don't think they're going to, I cannot see them just going with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is going to have competition this next year. I maybe not. I know Greg Olson was on the radio the other day. They said they're going to put all their chips and are, I mean, just build around Sam Darnold. And then he maybe he did flirt the idea of them bringing in a rookie quarterback too. So I think the best, possible thing that could happen is they trade back a couple picks they get another second or third they can get alignment and get a quarterback and everything is roses and <laughs> whatever else but that's wishful thinking i think there's a lot of ways you could slice it you could go heavy free agency on the offensive line and then address quarterback in the draft or you could go the route where you're getting the, the itch of you get a free agency quarterback and then you go offensive line heavy in the draft. So I just, the free agency thing is not working. It's just not working. It really isn't. And they don't have the capital this year to give up a pick this year. They don't, it's just not, it's not, unless they're getting shit in return, it's not happening. I don't, I can't see that, but crazy things happen, man. And who knows, like Christian McCaffrey, that was another thing I wanted. Christian McCaffrey's out there. Could he be part of a trade? I feel like that that has picked up more steam this year than in years past when people have talked about it. Um, Just based off of what Fitter said in that end of the year presser that he thinks McCaffrey is, I think he's, I, I might be wrong on this quote, but he's a foundational piece. Mm-hmm. But if the phone rings, he'll pick it up basically. So that's still, I mean, that's basically saying, yeah, we like you, but Hey, if there's a really good offer out there, we're going to entertain it at least listen. So 
I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of unknowns and we're just babbling here and pulling shit out of our ass. But I mean, it's, it's interesting just to kind of dissect it a little bit and, man, and there's a lot of, and we'll be talking about this much more over these next couple of weeks of what's going to happen with this team, but it's, we say it every year. I feel like this is the most, one of the biggest off seasons they're going to have, at least for Matt rule. Um, yeah. And his Definitely for his job security. Let's get to our draft picks of the week. All right, Bryson, this has been a while. We haven't done this in a, have you stayed sober over this last month? I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Pretty much, man. Oh, uh, well, let's, um, I'm drinking, I'm back to the wine, the wine kick here. And I went with, um, I've, I've had, I've drinking wine on this show before from Dublin. And this one's a different one though. This is, um, going coastal. This is a sweet table wine from Dublin. I'm hope hopefully I'm saying Duplin, Dublin. I'm hopefully I'm saying that right. This is, um, in Rose, it's made out of Rose Hill, North Carolina, right? It's on the coast. And they use typically make muscadine wine, but this is, I went with a sweet table wine. Uh, it's still pretty sweet. It's not as thick as the muscadine wines though. Um, but it, this one says going coastal sends you a lifetime of beach memories with each sip. It's really refreshing. This is a good summer wine. Uh, you can find it at most grocery stores. It's cheap. It's like nine bucks a bottle, eight bucks a bottle. It's a red wine, very sweet. Um, 12%, but give this one a try again. It's going coastal. It's a sweet table wine by Dublin out in Rose Hill, North Carolina. Bryson, what are you drinking? Yeah, that sounds pretty good, man. I, I, uh, think I might like that one, but, um, I am drinking a beer, um, brought to me by yours truly, uh, Mr. Rowan there. Uh, I have been looking for this beer for a long time here in North Carolina. I saw it on the internet one day and I was like, man, I really need this beer. And it, I guess it's only sold in Wisconsin or the Wisconsin area, surrounding area of Wisconsin. Um, it is a, the Leinen Kugel, but it's the Honey Weiss. Um, it is a Weiss beer brewed with real Wisconsin honey. It is a 4.9% alcohol, alcoholic beverage, 12 ounces is the one I'm drinking the, in the glass bottle. Um, it is extremely good. I wish they sold these around here. Um, and they have a berry one too that I've been wanting to try. I see people that get the honey and the berry and they mix it together. And apparently that's pretty good as well. But uh, sorry for the people out there. You have to go to Wisconsin to get some, but it, it would be totally worth it uh, just to go out there. And yeah, I think they sell it in the Midwest. So anywhere around there, I'm sure okay. you can probably get your hands on it. It's so good. I, I, if I, I had highly a, recommend it. I've been to that brewery and I prefer the honey over the berry. That's just me. You might feel mm -hmm. differently, but, but yeah, they do mix them. They like, they got weird names from, I know, I know at the brewery they'll, you do like a taste test and it's like golden bear or some shit like that. And it's like yeah. the berry and the, the honey mix or whatever, but yeah, it's, it's, they got some good beer. They sell the summer shandy around here. So yeah. And the summer shandy is amazing too. I haven't had a bad beer from them. So yeah, I, I highly recommend it if you can get your hands on it. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, just so folks know, we're going to be doing, I think, every other week here until sometime in March. 
And then we'll be going back to weekly podcasts. So stay tuned for that. But we just want to thank you guys all for listening to Panthers on Tap podcast. We're happy to be back. You can catch all of our episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. Go follow us on Twitter. Don't forget it. Go on Twitter right now as you're listening. It's Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 